Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, beautiful medical moms. Welcome back to the podcast. It is freaking November. Like we're in the middle of November and I can't even hardly believe it because one, I don't understand how time goes by this fast. Like if you, we were having a conversation, Jeff and I, uh, about like when something happened and I kept referring to it in my mind, like, oh, that was just like a few weeks ago. No, it was like several months ago. And it's also freaky when you are scrolling through your phone and you're trying to like find a specific picture and you're like, oh, this happened around this time. And then you have to scroll so far back and you're like, whoa, like all of these other things happened in between this photo and that. Like, anyway, maybe it's because I'm just getting older, but time is so fast. And now we are in the last few weeks of 2022. And also like November is a big deal because my oldest daughter's birthday is at the end of November. And it's always reminds me of that first pregnancy and that first month, like last month of pregnancy was just like the longest. And so I always think about her, the end of the month being her birthday and can't believe that it's going to be the end of the year. So, and now we are in cold and flu season. It's not great for us medical families. We all know how challenging and frustrating and annoying cold and flu season can be. And it brings out all these extra challenges for medical families. Trying to navigate this time can be tricky. And so I thought I'd do an episode on how you can navigate the cold and flu season by focusing on your mindset. This is a mindset perspective, being a authority over your thoughts, feelings, and behavior. So first, I want to say what this episode is not. One, it is not medical advice. I don't remember if I wrote down any, like when I outlined my episode for this, I don't know if I actually, I wrote it a few days ago, like I don't know if I actually said medical advice that could be misconstrued, but I just want to throw it out there. If I have said anything about suggestions or considerations, just know I'm not a doctor. The next thing you should know is that I am not going to be telling you how, like what is appropriate for you to do during this season. Because I know some of you want that template you want a roadmap of this is what's safe and this is what's unsafe. This is what you're allowed to do and this is what you're not allowed to do. Some people want me to tell you what to do and I can't and I won't tell you what to do over the next three to six months because what your brain is doing when you want someone else to tell you the answers is you just want to know what is right and you don't want to be wrong and being wrong can have some kind of consequence or the responsibility of being right or wrong 
um, can be challenging, right? Like thinking of it as like the responsibility. And if we have someone else tell us what to do, that responsibility lessens. I completely understand because this is one of the most challenging parts of medical motherhood for me is seeing my own authority, seeing my own power in the process. And the truth is, is that there is no right answer. There is no right answer. There is no perfect method to avoid all germs and all sicknesses. And in fact, avoiding all germs and all sicknesses is not good for any kid's immune system. Even with our children's weakened immune system and given again this is not medical advice for your child specifically your child could be the exception to this but generally speaking even for kids with medical conditions they still have to have a functioning immune system and the reason why your immune system can function is by being exposed to germs that's why vaccines work so i cannot give you a roadmap of how to never have your child get sick, but I can help you get better um, about making those decisions with more confidence and a lot less stress and more self-trust in your own judgment. And we do this through some simple considerations and how you are perceiving the decisions you're making this season of sicknesses. So the first thing I think you should do is to ask your doctor or your child specialist if there are very specific things that you should be doing or not doing. I think it's important to recognize that you're not the only person here whose opinion matters, right? You can go to their pediatrician if that's the person that is your go-to or your child specialist. I know for heart moms, our cardiologist is the person that we want to talk to the most because they get it. Many times for many moms, you might start to feel more stress around this time and you might see other people's, other families' precautions or other families' stress or panic and start to take that on, take on their emotions as if they are your own or see their panic and think, oh, I haven't been panicked, so I should probably start getting panicked. Or, oh, their child has the same diagnosis as my child, so I should also do the things that they're doing. And this may be completely avoided if you speak to your doctor who knows your child. The next appointment you have, send an email. You know, there's lots of virtual options nowadays where you can just say, hey, is there anything specific that we should be considering during this time of year? Is there anything we can do to help support their immune system? Um, Are there things that you recommend avoiding during these months of the year, you know, depending on your location? Because it's important to get the facts. And if we don't know what those are, if we don't actually know what our kid recommends, but we're only basing it off of what we've seen on Instagram or Facebook or a support group or, you know, someone else who had a completely different experience. Like there are some families who've had really rough experiences with the flu. And so they make decisions based off their own child's medical history. And you might make those decisions based off of what they're sharing. And it might not even be appropriate for your child. So 
the first thing you want is the facts of what your specialist and medical teams recommend for you for your specific location in your area. A doctor giving advice in Boston could be very different for the advice in Southern California simply because of the weather. More people are congregating inside. It can change the suggestions. I'm not saying that's like factual, but it could happen that way. So your child has specific needs with a specific health history and your doctor's recommendations could be totally different for you versus another child with the same diagnosis. Don't let your brain make it harder on yourself to navigate the season by letting it run wild and letting it be really stressed out and dramatic without even knowing the facts, right? We want to pay attention to what your specific child needs. The next thing I want you to consider is what you think is important for your family. You and your partner, if you have one, can have a conversation about this. But first, I want you to consider what is your family's lifestyle like? Are you outside a lot? Do you stay home more often? What ages are your other kids in the family? Like, what is your lifestyle? What is important to you during this time of the year? Is it your big annual um, holiday with your family? Maybe it's Christmas or maybe it's Hanukkah or another celebratory experience you guys have or a tradition where that's important for you. Or maybe it's not, like traveling to see family is not that important to you. You need to know what is important to you so that you can decide what your boundaries during this time of year look like. Okay, this is where boundaries are going to come in, my friends. And this always brings up a lot of discomfort because it requires you to one, make some decisions and two, enforce those decisions through sometimes some uncomfortable conversations. But the reality is, is that we cannot control what other people do or not do during this season. We cannot control if another person is vaccinated. We cannot control if the other person tells us if they have been around a lot of sick people or if they are washing their hands regularly or whatever. But you can control how and when you interact with people on a regular basis. So you have to think what is important for other people to do or not do in order to interact with your children. And this is the reality of living in a society where we have to live with other human beings. Every time I go out in public, <laughs> my brain is always like so judgmental. And I'm like, hmm, that person sucks at driving. Or hmm, why did that person do that? I'm always so fascinated when I watch my brain in public. So I'm always thinking everything everyone is doing is wrong. I'm like, how as a society have we functioned for this long and been able to work together and cooperate and like survive as a species when we're always like doing different things than other people. Um, anyway, I digress. When we are able to look at what's important to us, we are able to establish what we are willing to do and what we're not willing to do. And obviously this can vary greatly depending on the age of your child, the diagnosis they have, your lifestyle, and so I just want to share a variety of different options available to you. And you should consider 
all of them or none of them, right? It, this has to be personalized. This is what I'm mostly trying to emphasize through this through this episode is that I get a, a, messages every time during this year, like, how are you navigating this, you know, thing? And look, I don't have all the answers because one, I live in Hawaii, so my lifestyle is very different. I'm an hour away from Costco. I have, well, I used to be an hour away. I'm like half an hour away from Costco, 45 minutes away from Target. I go to the beach multiple times throughout the winter. Like my lifestyle is going to be very different than someone who is congregating inside a lot with maybe more people because of the snow or weather or rain. And, um, So I want you to really consider it, right? Consider the suggestions, but also know that you know your family the best. So one thing you can do is decide who comes into your home, right? The way we set a boundary is understanding what we have authority over. We do not have authority over who can go into a grocery store, but we have authority over who can come into our house. Who comes into your home? And who's allowed to visit, maybe you require during the season of life or during the season of the year to be vaccinated. It's an easy boundary to ensure that there's a level of protection there. Maybe it's simply wearing a mask if you're not vaccinated. You can decide to only host people outdoors. And I know this is not feasible for all places, weather-wise, but in some places, if it's available to you, this could be an option. Or it's like, around a fire, right? Like you can make it work depending on your situation. But maybe it's an outdoors only time of year. Maybe you only go to activities that are held in open spaces versus inside spaces. Maybe you have visitors immediately wash their hands upon entering your home or use hand sanitizer. You can set up a whole little station at your entrance where it says, hey, wash or sanitize your hands. And you can do all of these things by one, deciding them for yourself and simply asking your visitors prior to arriving to do this. And here are a few little scripts that you can come up with and play with and personalize. Hey, during cold and flu season, we have to be more vigilant about germs and sicknesses for our family. So if you're not vaccinated against blank, uh, we can't have you over for dinner. Or please wear a mask when you're over, right? Personalize it, make it softer or more direct as needed. Or you could say something like, hey, have you been around anyone sick lately? Just checking to ensure we minimize the risk of Zola getting sick. Don't use Zola's name. (laughs) Use your own child's name. (laughs) I hope that's obvious. Hey, when you come over, would you be willing to wear a mask? Just don't want to risk Zola getting sick right now. Hey, just to let you know, we have a hand washing policy upon entering the house to minimize the risks for Zola getting sick and our other kids getting sick. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Right? These are a little bit awkward. I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit awkward to say directly and make a request of things from people when typically this is not something you've had to do in the past. This is the awkward, uncomfortable part of advocating for your child that not a lot of people talk about, right? Like having to say and tell someone what to do, especially when you are not used to doing that, 
is challenging. But that's what I'm talking about. That discomfort that you feel is totally manageable when you practice letting yourself acknowledge that it's just going to be a little bit awkward and uncomfortable. But I want you to not have to like preface a lot of stuff to the people that you're talking to. Like, don't go out of your way to be like, and I promise I'm not mad at you or anything like that. I just, you know, we just have to be safe. Like, don't put yourself through all of that narrative. Just say what you need. Let yourself feel the discomfort of putting your child and your needs first. And then um, letting that person be responsible for their feelings and their uh, their reaction because you are not responsible for that. Okay, some other options during this time of year. Maybe you interact with your friends or family without your kids. I know personally, I get less sick than my kids do. My immune system is just stronger, right? I'm older. I'm a lot less susceptible to getting sick. So Maybe during this time of year, you leave your kids home more often and you do solo activities versus group family activities. Maybe you do activities during low rush hour times, visiting parks or museums or holiday events when it's less busy, like on a weekday or a mid-afternoon or um, early morning to avoid crowds or being in large groups. Maybe you stop going to the store with your kids to reduce one area of exposure, like generally, right? You're just trying to reduce areas. Maybe you get your groceries delivered just for the few months of cold and flu season, right? You don't have to do it forever. You can just eliminate one area. You can get creative. You can be resourceful. You can look at all the options that are available to you and in your control so that you can figure out what's important and how to make it happen. If you, it is important for you to get out of the house, often during this time of year, you can look at what is available to you in your area. And you are capable of setting boundaries with clear and direct language. It is not rude and it is not disrespectful and it is not dramatic. Other people might think that. Okay, you cannot control if they think that you're overreacting to flu season or you're overreacting to COVID and you still want people to wear masks. It's not, it's not uh, inappropriate to do these things. It might be uncomfortable, but that does not mean you're doing something wrong. You communicating clearly is kind to those around you. You understanding what is important to you during the season is kind to yourself and to your child and to your family. So figure out what, if any, boundaries you want for this time of year and implement them. And know what the consequence is for that boundary. If someone says, yeah, I'm not vaccinated and I don't have any choice or plans to be vaccinated, then you can decide what that means for your interactions with that person. Um, And you can still love that person. You can still like that person. It doesn't have to mean anything about your relationship, but it can help you make an informed decision on how you want to navigate this time of year. Okay, the next thing is once you know your boundaries and what is important to you, I want you to own those choices. Own the choices that you've made. The first way to own your choice is by considering the reasons for doing it. 
sometimes as medical moms, we get so focused on having to do things like I have to do this thing or I have to do that thing. I have to go here, do this, or my doctor told me we need physical therapy. It feels like a lot of things are happening to us. But everything that we actively are participating in is a choice. Okay. And sometimes that's when when we're not recognizing that we're choosing to do things, that's when resentment creeps in. That's when we start feeling unappreciated, overworked. And it's really important to make sure we see ourselves and acknowledge the work we're doing, right? Have your own back and check in with yourself for your reasons. Why are you doing this thing? Why are you not doing this thing? Why are you choosing not to participate in this activity? Why are you choosing to homeschool during cold and flu season? Why are you choosing to keep your kids in public school despite criticism, right? Like, I want you to check in with yourself and know why you are making these decisions. Why are you not traveling for Christmas this year? Why are you choosing to... Uh, advocate for vaccinations, right? Like understand your reasons, know what they are. And if you like your reasons for doing something, then that's where you can draw so much power. When I like my reasons for not going somewhere, it's so much easier to say, no, this doesn't work for us right now. I'm so sorry. I will miss you. Or maybe not even say sorry, right? Like you don't have to apologize. Um, when you own your choices and like the reasons for making those choices, it is easier to navigate criticism or someone questioning your choices or backlash for making a choice. What matters more than other people's opinions is what will, uh, what you think about those things that you're doing. It also helps you have those conversations with your friends and family when you like your reasons. When you're second guessing your reasons or don't understand your reasons, it's harder to feel more confident. And so, for example, like during COVID, we didn't take our kids to any stores for months, like almost, I don't even know, like a long time. We didn't even take our kids into any stores because... We just didn't know, especially in those early months of, of COVID, we didn't know what it would be like for any of us to get it. We knew we were on an island, so resources were scarce. We also knew with Zola, we didn't know how fragile she would be during COVID. So we avoided taking any of our kids. And this was at the time where we lived an hour away from Costco. It was incredibly inconvenient because prior to this, we would take our whole family. We would make it a whole thing. We would go somewhere. We would schedule out a bunch of errands to run and it would be like a family thing pretty much. This was incredibly inconvenient to do because mostly when we were stuck in this tiny little two-bedroom apartment, Jeff and I would just fight about who would get to go to Costco because it was like this whole three to four hour thing because if we were going we would tack on a few other things to get done and you know, we drove an hour to Costco, 45 minutes or more in the store, loaded up the groceries, maybe grab lunch. It was a lot of time to have for yourself when we had two working parents at home. 
I was in school part-time, so, or full-time, so it was, like, a lot of alone time, and vice versa, the parent who stayed home had to deal with the kids for several hours by themselves during a time where we were already with our kids all the time. So, anyway, sometimes when we would be like, who gets to go to Costco, we ended up just taking turns, but every time we were like, oh, I don't want it to be your turn, and... Jeff would always remind me anytime I'd start to get annoyed or frustrated about like, I'm like, maybe we should just go all together. Jeff would always remind me of our reasons. And I would instantly remember that our reasons outweighed the inconvenience. Yes, it's annoying that we're not traveling for Christmas. Or yes, I understand it's inconvenient to wear a mask indoors. But if you like your reasons, it's not as a big deal. And when you catch yourself getting frustrated over a decision you've made or feeling resentful about the inconvenience of the decision you've made or uncomfortable about a conversation you've just had, go back to your reasons. Check in with yourself. Do you still like the reasons for why you made this decision? And sometimes it's not going to make it more convenient, but it will make you realize that you're like, okay, yeah. I am choosing the inconvenience and I still like that this is inconvenient. I I still like that I'm doing this regardless of the inconvenience. And I can still be annoyed that it's inconvenient and also know that I'm still making the right choice. Own the choices you're making. Do you like the reasons for making a specific decision about what you're doing this time of year? Do you like the why behind the boundaries you're setting? You may look at your reasons and not like them. Maybe you make a decision and a few weeks later you're like, oh, actually I was making this decision based off of a Facebook group post about a thing that's not even relevant to my area of the world, right? Like after talking to your doctor or maybe looking at the COVID or flu rates in your area or the predictions that have, maybe they're lower where you live and you realize you can adjust some of your decisions. Maybe If you like the why of your decisions, it will help you stop going back and forth and all that mind drama. You will be able to keep yourself calmer and more present and, again, less irritated that it's inconvenient. Uh, The next way to own your decisions is to drop that drama and resentment. For example, let's say you and your spouse have a conversation about how to navigate the next several months and you're in an area that's colder, right? You get snow or the weather is not great this time of year. So you're going to be inside a lot and you guys just decide to avoid a lot of social gatherings as much as possible. You really want to hunker down for cold and flu season for whatever reasons that you've decided are good and you like them. You're not going to travel for holiday events. You're not taking your child out as often. You and your spouse are avoiding large groups, all of the things, right? You've made this decision and for good reasons. Like you looked at it and you're like, yeah, these are the reasons that are important to us. We want to avoid getting our child sick. We don't want to be sick, etc. It's really easy to go down this path where you feel stuck, that everyone else gets to go out and party. Everyone else is going and doing all these fun holiday things. And every time you get on social media, people are gathering, people are playing, people are having so much fun. And it's really easy to go down a path where you're stuck, you're at home and it's boring, 
you can let that resentment build towards your child's diagnosis, that this is unfair, that your child is missing out, that you are missing out, that you're not experiencing a real holiday season, that you don't get to do like real memories because of the child's diagnosis, the weather, the time of year, or even yourself or your spouse, like you can really easily let that spiral and you can feel so upset and sad and resentment towards your decision. But that's not the only option available to you, my friends. There is no such thing as making the real memories or experiencing real holiday cheer or doing things the real way. I see this so much in medical motherhood where there is what is typical for families without medical kids. And then there is things that medical families experience. And there's this idea that there is a lesser version of life that medical families experience. The version of life where you stay home is not a lesser experience. The version of life where you ask people to wash your hands is not a bad experience. The version of life where you've decided to avoid traveling is not a lesser than experience. You are experiencing real motherhood. You are experiencing real holiday memories. The other option and plenty of others in between is that you own that this is the right choice for your family. You reevaluate your decisions and you look again and again at your choices that you're making and own those. This doesn't mean your experiences are less than other people's experiences. And yes, you absolutely should let yourself be disappointed, allow yourself to feel anything that comes up, and but don't feel sorry for yourself. There's a difference between acknowledging your feelings and feeling your feelings, giving your spa- yourself space to feel those feelings without victimizing yourself for the decisions you're making. And when you are letting go of the resentment, this gives you so much more energy and time to tap into creativity and make magical holiday memories at home. Because the more you focus on what you can't do, the less you're looking at what you can do. The less you're looking at what kind of things can we do at home? How much fun can we have at home? How can we just like make so many homemade snowflakes around our house that we look like we're in a blizzard and our whole house is just magical with cheap twinkly lights and and snowflakes and popcorn string things I don't know if people still do that but I did that as a kid and like you can figure out how to make magical holiday memories at home you can do virtual activities there's virtual book clubs you could set yourself up with goals of like okay we're not going to xyz but we can do a staycation because we can go find a cabin nearby. We can read together as a family every night or cook new holiday recipes on the weekends or just decorate every bedroom as magically as possible. You can figure out how to create those memories because those what determines a positive or negative experience during the holiday is largely up to how you are thinking about it. Christmas at your family's house is not better than Christmas at home. What determines what is better is what you are thinking about it. And the thought Christmas would be better at my parents' house 
is a painful thought if you are thinking it that your experience right now is less. That is not going to serve you, my friends. Make however you choose to use your time, make that the best experience you can. Be resourceful and own the choices that you're making. And remember to like your reasons for why. Don't let yourself think that this is happening to you because you are actively choosing it. Make sure you're recognizing your own authority in this process. And then here's the other thing I want you to remember is that you need to consider that none of these things you're deciding right now for the next few months, I know it feels like this long path, this long journey getting to spring, especially if you live somewhere cold and, you know, seasonal depression can kick in or, you know, it just is harder when there's no sunshine. None of these decisions are permanent. You can evaluate as necessary. Change your mind as new circumstances arrive. Don't let yourself feel stuck because you've made these decisions in November that are no longer serving you in January. Just redecide, reevaluate. You can change your mind at any time. Okay. Lastly, I want you to really consider this blame free and shame free disappointment. No matter how vigilant you are, no matter how many precautions you take, your child might still get sick. You might have avoided every single party and somehow there's still a sniffle. There's still some congestion. There's still a cough. There's still a hospital admission. There's still RSV. There's still breathing things. Like This doesn't mean you've ever made the quote-unquote wrong decision. This does not mean you should beat yourself up and feel really guilty about it. This doesn't mean you should blame yourself or use their sickness as a reason that you make bad decisions and create all this evidence that you're not doing things right or taking care of your child well. There are so many factors as to why someone gets sick. It's not just exposure because there are many people out there that get exposed to a sickness and still don't get sick, medical kids included. It also matters that that specific person's immune system, like what what kind of stability it's at and that person's physiology, like at the right moment, this microbe entered their nose, right? Like it matters in so many different ways and it takes several days for and time for things to pop up and be exposed. And you may think, oh my gosh, it was this interaction at the grocery store. I know for sure it was. And we just can't actually know that for sure. You will never know specifically who or how you got a sickness. You can make really good educated guesses, but it's really difficult to pinpoint an exact transmission of disease, even for doctors to pinpoint where exactly someone got sick when an outbreak happens. It takes literal teams to research and interview and use statistical algorithm programs to figure out who and where patient zero was. It's so unhelpful for you to spend your time agonizing about who got your kid sick or where you were or exactly what time of day or specific thing you did or didn't do. By all means, I want you to evaluate things and get good information and learn from situations. Like we've all been there where we're like, oh, we totally could have used hand sanitizer. That might have been preventative measure we could have taken at the zoo or whatever. 
However, I don't want you to do that only for you to use that as a reason to beat yourself up. If you are in the right space to learn from decisions and be like, okay, next time we go to this place, we are for sure loading up on hand sanitizer and wearing masks. That's a totally different perspective than you telling yourself how stupid you are and that you shouldn't have done it and you were selfish and you shouldn't have taken them out and you should have just sucked it up and didn't go to whatever activity you did and blah, 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 blah. Like, don't go down that path. You have a decision. And the thing is, is I think that some of you believe that it's responsible to do that. It's like more responsible to like beat yourself up and feel guilty about it. So you have to do it, but you don't. You literally do not have to beat yourself up if your kid gets sick. You can just deal with the sick kid because the last thing you need is more pressure and shame and guilt and stress when you're taking care of a sick kid because of all the physical and emotional and mental labor it takes to take care of a child. So I want you to understand that the drama of feeling guilty or sick or the drama of feeling guilty about your sick kid is avoidable. You don't have to go through all of that up and down spiral. You can feel disappointed and you can feel sad or whatever comes up without blaming someone or yourself or shaming yourself for those decisions. Because at the end of the day, you are an imperfect person with limited options in the world, right? And limited resources. Like we don't have every single option available to us in the world. We just do our best with what we have. And you are really doing your best that you can with the information you have, with the resources that are available to you, with the options in front of you. And through this process, if your child gets sick, you don't have to blame yourself. You can have your own back and decide, look, I liked my reasons for doing this. I weighed the pros and cons. I made a decision and they got sick. Be there for yourself during a time that is stressful. Have your own back and offer yourself the compassion that I know you're going to be offering your child. Be kind to yourself during this season, during this time of year. It is the greatest gift you can give yourself. All right, my friends, if you have questions about this episode, if you have thoughts or maybe want coaching about this season of the year and have a decision you want to make about traveling, but you're not clear on what you and how to make that decision by liking your reasons, message me. Let's do a consultation for coaching where we can look at how coaching works in these situations. Or you can also join our Facebook podcast community group. I will link it in the show description and you can post your question there and I will coach you for free. We can have a conversation in person through a consultation. And either way, I would love to help with you, help you with the decisions that are face, you're facing and how I could support you during this time of year. All right, my friends, I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Medical motherhood doesn't come with a manual, but I've created the next best thing. 
My one-on-one coaching program offers all the support and strategies you need to handle all the things that come up for us medical moms. Click the link in the show notes to schedule your free consultation to see how coaching can help you take everything from the podcast to the next level. You'll get free coaching and I'll take great care of you. I'll see you there. Thank you.